say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. And I want to take a minute to thank our pianist and singer tonight, uh, this afternoon, James Moore, who was a former chair of SACPA. Thank you. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to acknowledge that our events take place on the lands of the Blackfoot people and Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3, and pay respect to their past, present, and future cultural heritage, beliefs, and relationship to the land. We commit to do our utmost to assist with efforts to mend and heal past and present injuries. I'm Colleen Quintel, and I'm going to be your moderator today. And I need to let you know that this topic is very close to my heart because um, the other half of my family is a pup public sector employee, so I'm uh, very interested in what Richard has to say. Um, our talk and question and answer will be recorded and available on SACPA's website. Uh, Shaw Spotlight also records SACPA's presentations and uses excerpts from PowerPoint uh, for their daily broadcasts. I want to um, let you know that our meal today is the absolute famous burgers and french fries um, that uh, Great Plate does for us, so uh, I'm looking forward to lunch. Um, it's $14 if you're eating, please put it in the bowl at your table, and $2 if you're just having coffee. Could somebody please um, do the count before it's collected at 12.30? Um, our format for today will be a 25 to 30 minute discussion for the presentation. Then we'll have lunch, and there'll be a question and answer period finishing around 1.30. So it's my pleasure today to introduce Dr. Richard um, Mueller. Um, the September 3rd, 2019 release of the report and recommendation of the Blue Ribbon Panel on Alberta's Finances, otherwise known as the McKinnon Report, argues that both, <coughs> excuse me, the size and comp uh, compensation of Alberta's public sector are higher than comparative provinces. And uh, Dr. Mueller is going to talk to us today on our public sector employees. Richard Mueller is a professor at the Department of Economics at the University of Lethbridge. He's the academic director of the Lethbridge branch of the Prairie Regional Research Data Center and Associate Director of the Educational Policy Research Initiative at the University of Ottawa. Dr. Mueller holds a, a BA with honors and an MA from the University of Calgary and a PhD from the University of Texas uh, at Austin. He taught at the University of Maine before joining the University of Lethbridge in 2000. And he was seconded to um, Statistics Canada from 2009 to 2011. Please join me in welcoming Richard Mueller. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. I did this once before back in the old venue, I guess, when it was back at Sven Erickson's or something. So anyway, I guess uh, you forgot about that presentation, which is why I was invited back again. So thank you very much. So 
Anyway, I'm here today to talk about public sector workers, and, and I've just been interviewed by the media, didn't quite expect that, but uh, happy to do it. Um, and then one of the things they asked me was a conflict of interest, if I have a conflict of interest, because technically, I guess, professors are, are, are public sector workers, and certainly they're included in my data here. Uh, I just want to assure you there's no conflict of interest. I think I'm trying to be objective in, in, in what I do, and I didn't know what the data were going to say or how I would interpret them before they were kind of uh, analyzed uh, when I crunched the numbers. And so if I have to take a cut in my pay, and that's what I recommend, I'll, I'll do that. But uh, the integrity of what I'm going to say is much more important than anything that uh, could happen to me personally. I just want to be clear about that. So anyway, so I guess the question is, uh, are public sector workers better off in Alberta than in the other provinces? And we've been seeing a lot about this lately, a lot of heat and not a lot of light on the topic, right? Uh, and here's some of the things, you know, I've, I've just sort of cut out of uh, web pages, uh, cut and pasted these hundreds of voice concerns over Alberta public sector cuts during town hall. This was in Edmonton. We just had a town hall here a couple weeks ago as well. Some of you may have attended. I did not. I didn't have the uh, strength to do so. Um, Battle escalates in Alberta between unions, Jason Kenney government over layoff threats. Uh, this is a big concern. I was up in Ottawa. What's the other place? Edmonton. That's the place. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, of course, in a lot talking to a lot of uh, public sector union people, and they're very concerned with what's going on. They sort of very much view this as an attack on them, very ideological, without any, uh, without any sort of firm basis in, in they might say reality, I don't know what I would call it. But they're very concerned, of course, that, that, that they're sort of on the front lines and that they're being attacked. The Blue Ribbon Panel report came out, as Colleen said, at the beginning of September. Um, and we pretty much knew what it was going to say. I mean, one, one, hide, one hand was tied behind the back of, of the panel because they couldn't deal with the revenue side, only the expenditure side. And of course, public sector workers take a, a, a large share of the provincial budget in terms of its expenditures. So there was no doubt in our minds, of course, that the public sector workers would come under fire uh, in all of this. Okay, uh, and I think this also speaks to Kenny's base, but I, I won't go there. So here's another thing: Lethbridge residents protest Alberta budget. It's not just about bad policy. This is about being misled. Uh, the budget, in fact, was. Uh, I really don't know what the government was thinking. In a lot of ways, they must think we're really uneducated or something and that we can't read and that we don't understand uh, the effects of inflation and population growth on public expenditures uh, because of course Kenny came out and he said in the election campaign there'd be no cuts to frontline services and he was okay maybe technically correct about that but he's not giving anybody any increases and of course and we're, you know, we still have inflation we still have population growth more kids going to school the elderly population going to be utilizing more health care services etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was that was very misleading, definitely, what they said. On the other side, you've got, uh, I think this is from the Edmonton Sun, saying uh, the UCP rightfully scaling back the public sector gravy train. It's a gravy train. As you can see, a little gravy dripping off me I'm right now, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, and according to Kenny, he says, not the arrival of the apocalypse, okay, as uh, uh, labor anger grows. So we sort of have, you know, people on both sides here. And I think in Alberta, of course, a lot of people, uh, I talked to some of my students, a, large, a lot of students, of course, at the University of Lethbridge come from rural areas, and they talk about public servants to their families, and they think that uh, public servants are just nothing but a drain and a waste and, 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 you know, things like that. And I don't think that's true at all. I would like to think as a public servant, I suppose, that I do, you know, uh, add some value uh, to this province in what I do, and as most of my colleagues do at the university as well. So. Uh, BRP is just the blue ribbon panel. They tried to show uh, the both the size. I'll put that in there. The both the size of the public sector and its compensation are out of control. This is right from the blue ribbon panel report. Uh, but their report showed that public sector growth equaled uh, population growth uh, um, 
uh, under the NDP. So if you kind of look at those numbers there, I think you can see them good. Uh, they sort of highlight those things, right? You sort of thinking in the context of a, a shrinking economy, these numbers might you know, kind of stand out for a lot of people who've lost their jobs. They're going, well, geez, the public, you know, the private sector shrunk by, you know, thousands of workers and whatever percentage over the time, and yet the public sector continues to grow. Uh, over, you know, so these numbers don't look too big, but in the context of a shrinking private sector, they might look fairly large. But if you kind of crunch the numbers like I did, it's pretty easy calculation. Uh, cumulative increase of 5.5%, which is exactly the same increase in the population over this period of time. So this is during the NDP government, right? These, these numbers were right out of the NDP's last budget. Okay, I believe. Marie's sitting here, I'm a little bit uh, intimidated, but I think, I think they're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the same thing with compensation. We can sort of take a look at some of these, these, these numbers here uh, and look at this average growth of compensation, 2.3% for workers in the public sector. Uh, but then again, if you kind of crunch the numbers, you look at a cumulative increase of 12.1%, uh, but inflation and population growth increased by 12.2% over the same period. So I think, I mean, my way of thinking, this is pretty responsible, what, what the, you know, the, the way it's been budgeted anyway uh, by the previous government. I really don't have a problem with this. And in fact, if anything, they might have uh, stimulated the economy a little bit more earlier on in the period when, of course, the private sector and, and, and oil prices were going south. So I don't really have a problem with this. I think it's pretty reasonable uh, what's going on here. Uh, but so what's the problem? And I'll put some numbers up here and uh, I've got some charts here. Since 2004, real public PS's public sector earnings have been stable while overall earnings have decreased. So if you look at the, uh, I'll, I'll put something else in here just to give you a little graphic here. So I'm very proud of that. I did that all by myself, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, okay, I was really good with crayons too. Um, if, if, you kinda, if you look at the blue line there, second from the top, that's, sort of the, that's, that's overall weekly earnings in real terms. Uh, so those are inflation adjusted earnings. Uh, from 2001 all the way to 2018, and the black line is at 2014. That's when things went south in Alberta, right? Or started to go south. That's that summer. That's when oil prices started to plummet, and, and of course, over uh, a little bit longer period of time, in 2015 is when a lot of the layoffs started. Uh, you know, uh, up in Fort Mac and across the province, and that all filtered through the economy, of course. But if, uh, so the blue lines overall that includes everybody in the economy. I couldn't just tease out the private sector workers in these data, but they've they've gone down. Right, they've gone down since, since 2014. Again, these are inflation adjusted, so they've gone down. Uh, whereas if you sort of look at the, the yellow line is, is people in uh, public administration. So these are the people at City Hall or up in Edmonton in the ministries or even federal government workers uh, who happen to be working in Alberta as well, okay? And it's pretty flat in real terms since 2014. A little bit of an uptick there, which is nothing major, I suppose. Uh, and then the, the uh, what is that, orange line, I guess? Orange to me anyway, uh, second from the bottom there. That's educational services, pretty flat. Uh, earnings in terms, in real terms, again, inflation-adjusted earnings. And then the bottom one is social, healthcare and social services. This doesn't include physicians, okay? Physicians are kind of special in a lot of ways, the way they're compensated. They usually have professional corporations. And these, these are people that work for, for wages, basically. Uh, people who, who collect a paycheck, okay? So physician, most physicians aren't included, and there's a few that are going to find their way in there, but very few. Uh, anyway, it's all kind of flat, right? Uh, at least, maybe you have a different interpretation, but what the problem here, basically, is that this gives the appearance of inflated public sector wages in a lot of ways. And I'll, I'll just sort of put some arrows. I did those myself too. Um, um, from two th uh, these, these are sort of the, the three arrows show 2016, 2017, and 2018. Okay, and so that gap's become bigger, right? And it's not because you know, public sector wages have gone up, it's because private sector wages have gone down. So the gap looks bigger, right? And so if you read the Blue Ribbon Panel Report, and the budget and all those kinds of things, they're usually looking at 2016, 2017, or 2018, and using this as a comparator. And I'm going, well, that's probably not a good time to compare, right? Because the private sector was doing so poorly at the time. 
and, and that's exactly sort of what they do in that report there. Um, in terms of the size of the public sector, it's not unusual as a percentage of the population. I put a couple little things. Uh, Alberta's yellow in there, and this compared, one of the favorite things the, the McKinnon Report and the budget likes to do, and, and Kenny constantly talks about, is uh, how we compare to other provinces. Okay, and this is something I have an issue with in, in a lot of ways. There's certainly some government workers, they might go to other provinces if they were to be cut back here. I mean, in, in essence, most of the uh, nurses and, excuse me, teachers, et cetera, are public servants. There are some in the private sector as well. So if there are massive cutbacks to a lot of these people, of course, they may not have any other option but to, to leave the province. Okay, whereas a lot of others, well, if you're admin support or something like that, or if you're, um, you know, a custodian or all these other sort of public sector workers, uh, you're not likely to pack up and move from Edmonton to Regina or something like that, looking for greener pastures or Victoria or something like that because they've cut your wages. You're more likely to go across the street and get a job, you know, somewhere else in the, in the private sector or in the public sector for that matter. So the Blue Ribbon Panel Report talks a whole lot about the differences between the provinces and something I kind of, uh, you know, in, uh, in the context of... Uh, uh, you know, we're going to be losing people, blah, blah, blah. And I, d I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, so anyway, I'll, that's sort of parenthetically stated. Uh, what, what I want to get here with the black uh, circles show is the size of the uh, public sector as a percentage of the population. This goes back all the way to 1996, uh, sorry, 1976. So it goes back a long time. Uh, and the size of the public sector today is about the same as it was back in 1976 uh, as a percentage of the population, right? Uh, you can quibble about these figures a little bit. There's a lot of nuances there. Uh, you can sort of see this big uptick when the NDP came in. The yellow line kind of goes up from uh, 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 quite a bit, uh, well, half a percent, what, about a percentage point from 9% or something to, I guess you can't see if I point at the screen here. Um, but it goes from about 9% of the population up to about 10%. Again, this was kind of a you know, thing to do. I mean, part of the, part of the uh, problem here is the denominator is going down as well, right? Uh, people were... The population growth in Alberta wasn't as great following 2014 as it was previous to that, okay? Uh, we can also show it in terms of total employment uh, here. Uh, it's a slightly different metric, but this, uh, so the trend is down, right? So from 1976, about 22% of total employees were involved in the public sector, okay? Uh, and that went down to what, about 18%? I can't really read this. So it went down by quite a bit. Uh, a lot of things happened, of course, in that period. Right? I've been sort of uh, trying to think about of what's going on recently in terms of what happened in the 1990s with Ralph Klein. And so I've been kind of reading up on that, and I didn't actually live in Alberta uh, during those years, so I don't, don't remember it firsthand. Uh, but it's pretty interesting, a lot of the parallels between 1993-94 uh, and today uh, with the Ralph Klein government in, in, a, in a fairly big way. So, I mean, of course, a lot of things did happen in the labor market over this period of time. I remember Ralph came in and, and uh, privatized liquor stores and registries and and things like that, right? But what ultimately saved Ralph, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, um, so it, and again, what we've sort of done here is compare uh, the size of the public sector in Alberta compared to other jurisdictions. And with the exception of that kind of uptick uh, over the last four years or so, uh, um, there's really nothing outstanding about Alberta, right? I don't think we stand out in any way uh, in terms of the size of our public sector, right? Um, compared to these other comparators. Now, what we really have to do, and what I've done in here, is take a look at, this is the Consumer Price Index from, 19, or from uh, where are we, from 2001 to 2018. And we have to recognize, too, that inflation in Alberta has been a lot higher, and I'll put a handy little oval in there for you to look at. Um, it's been quite a bit higher than, you know, over this period of time than other jurisdictions, and that certainly has to be reflected in the wages and the earnings in this province, okay? And this is something that's not taken into consideration sometimes. 
Uh, and so that's what I do. So from what happens from here on in, I'm gonna, and what I've said before, I correct for inflation, I use inflation adjusted earnings and wages, okay? Which is the fair thing to do. And that's what economists always do with these types of things. Uh, money itself doesn't mean anything unless you sort of deflate it by inflation. Anyway, so these are relative earnings. This is for uh, all industries in Alberta. And I'll kind of explain this uh, for those of you who aren't too comfortable with charts. Uh, if the, the big, the big uh, black line or the, the, the horizontal black line there is sort of par. So earnings, uh, if they're at that black line between Alberta and other provinces would be at par. If we're below that line, as it says there, relative earnings are going to be lower in Alberta. So what I'm doing is comparing earnings in Alberta with earnings in these other provinces. Okay? Uh, if they're above uh, this uh, black line at the 1.00 there, that means relative earnings in Alberta are higher than they are in other provinces. So this is for everybody in the economy, everybody, you know, who, who works for wages or earnings or salaries, whatever the case may be. And so if you kind of take a look here, even today, earnings overall are between 7 and 12 percentage points higher, okay, or 12 percent higher compared to um, the other jurisdictions, okay? The, the, the orange line at the top is Quebec, okay? Quebec has this huge public sector that's not terribly well paid, okay? And there's a lot of reasons for that. But anyway, um, but compared to the other provinces, and uh, the lines below the uh, orange line there show for uh, British Columbia, Ontario, and then Canada overall, about seven percent, about seven percent higher wages overall in Alberta or earnings, excuse me, compared to the rest of the country or these other jurisdictions anyway, which is much smaller than if you sort of go back to 2004. You kind of go a little bit left there, uh, where the where those uh, lines peak, uh, about fifteen percent higher. So we're still doing okay. Okay, in Alberta, uh, overall, when it comes to wages. So now what we want to do is, I want to put this in the context, okay, this is what the overall economy or labor market kind of looks like in terms of earnings. Uh, what do specific public sector kind of uh, <coughs> industries look like? And here we have uh, educational services, okay? So here's educational services, and if you again go to 2018, which are the most recent yearly data available, uh, we so, so, so Quebec, we have slightly higher uh, uh, earnings in this sector compared to Quebec, but actually below uh, in compared to the other uh, comparators, which are Canada, British Columbia, and Ontario. So we're not looking too good in terms of educational services. And there's a lot of nuance. This is these are just raw data, so I'll, I'll talk about that in a second again. But you know, just looking at these numbers, and I, I, why I sort of crunched the numbers this way was to make them comparable to the McKinnon report as much as I could at the time. Okay, and what's been written previously by Janice McKinnon as well. So this is educational services. So these are not only your teachers, of course, your educational assistants. This would be anybody in that industry. So, you know, everybody from the, the principal, presumably, down to, you know, the whatever, we're down or across, I guess you could say, to the custodians and, you know, people running the cafeterias, what have you. Okay. Uh, this is for healthcare and social assistance. And again, we sort of see a little bit higher in Alberta, but not much compared to these other jurisdictions. Okay. Uh, so... Um, and again, this is, this is a lot of people in here. These would be your, your LPNs, uh, your RNs, would be your, um, you know, your social workers, uh, things like that uh, in, in these types of things. And again, all the way to people working in the cafeteria and, and custodians and what have you. So they're about the same. I don't see any really cause for concern here. Uh, this is for public administration. Again, with the exception of Quebec, uh, nothing really striking there. Uh, pretty much at or below par with the rest of these jurisdictions, at least recently. Uh, I think what's interesting too, if you kind of go left uh, here, yeah, left, um, you see these numbers are always below par. So we had a lot of years there when a lot of these people were making less than, 
comp presumably comparable people in other jurisdictions. And I don't remember back in 2001, 2002, 2003, anybody complaining about those poor public sector workers that were underpaid. I could be wrong, but I don't recall that, that uh, discussion happening here at all. Okay. Uh, here's relative weekly earnings. Here's federal public administration. Again, we can break down the public sector into federal, provincial, and local. And federally, uh, federal uh, workers don't seem to do too well in Alberta compared to the other provinces. And I suspect that's because uh, federally, they set the pay scales federally. And of course, as we all know, living in Alberta, or at least according to some people in Alberta, we're chronically ignored here. So I doubt they take our sort of higher inflation rate and all that other things, all those other good things into consideration when they set pay scales. They're likely set, uh, you know, of course, they're set in Ottawa. Uh, and I suspect that's what's going on there if I had to speculate without digging a little bit deeper. Uh, if we look at the provincial government uh, employees, <coughs> excuse me, sort of the same thing. Here, Quebec's up there. Uh, you know, Alberta, uh, Alberta public uh, public administration, provincial employees are not don't stand out in any dramatic way. Uh, you could quibble with the way I interpret these data, but I don't see anything too jumping off the page. Uh, anybody here a local government worker? Brace yourself. There's where the issue seems to be, if any. Again, I, I, this is pretty. Simple analysis here, but here's, uh, again, the, the provincial, uh, do I put it? Yeah, there we go. So the, these are the local government workers. So these are the people, these are the city hall people, okay? And they seem to be doing pretty well in Alberta compared to elsewhere. And I won't say anything about Lethbridge. Of course, this is gonna be weighted heavily towards Calgary and Edmonton because they're so much larger than we are. So don't lynch me if, you're, if you used to be a city worker or you know a city worker or whatever. But that seems to be where issues are. Um, and again, I think it's worth digging out a little bit deeper and sort of like, you know, if there's going to be sort of cuts, I suppose, anywhere. And of course, this is what's interesting, too, is these people are outside of the uh, control of the provincial government, right? They're, they're the people who work at the city. Now, of course, indirectly, the province can have an impact on these people by changing the grants uh, given to the cities, I suppose. But uh, they don't have direct control over the salaries of these people or in negotiations or anything. So, um, so that seems to be where... Worthy, worthy of taking a, a closer look at those types of data. Uh, here again, I've just kind of sliced the data a little bit differently. Um, uh, so up here, so again, sort of pretty much shows what we do. Wage tends to be a better measure of, of productivity than earnings, right? So I did it by wage too, the last three years or so. And again, you can, can kind of see, of course, the, the, the private sector earnings tend to be much higher than the public sector earnings, and you kind of weight those and average them out, and you get the, the, the line at the top, they're all industries. Now, this is pretty simple analysis, right? We're not really controlling for anything. There can be differences, of course, statistically when it comes to, you know, different levels of education and different occupations and all those kind of mixtures between the, the sectors. So when I do that, I do a more sophisticated analysis I'll talk about a little bit later. I find that public sector workers in Alberta had hourly wages averaging about 3.7% higher in industries that contain both public and private sector workers over the 2006 to 2017 period. So it's important, basically, um, a lot of people, there's no overlap, right? If, if you work for uh, public administration, that's its own industry. There's nothing comparable in the private sector, okay? But every other industry does have public sector workers and private sector workers, right? Uh, and they spill over. I mean, even universities, there's some private universities in, in Alberta that have professors. Uh, there's, you know, nurses work for private uh, organizations sometimes. Teachers work for private schools in the Weber Academy or what have you. Uh, so there is a lot of overlap there. And so when I kind of do that analysis over this time period, 2006 to 2017, it shows 3.7% higher on average. That's an average again. And a lot of people would say, public sector workers in particular, 
uh, that they're the cream of the crop, okay? Uh, and there, I think there's some truth to that. It's worthy of investigating further as well. And there's been some evidence out there to say that. Uh, certainly when I worked in Ottawa, every time when there was a job opening there, there were probably 100 applicants for the job. We see that at the university all the time, hundreds of applicants for one opening. Uh, that's a pretty good position to be in if you're an employer. Uh, you, can, you can really get the cream of the crop that way, you know. And the same could be said for other jobs as well in the public sector. So this could be an artifact of higher productivity amongst public sector workers on average and not any, you know, overpayment or gravy or whatever, you know, the, the media has been pointing out here. So it's worth thinking about a little further, I think. Uh, so what happens next? Uh, migration of Alberta's public servants. Here's, some, you know, some stuff out of the media again. Rural doctors worry proposed changes could lead to brain drain. Okay. Uh, PEI healthcare recruiters. This is, this, this blew me away. The Maritimes are coming to Alberta to recruit. Okay. How many years have we been going to the Maritimes to recruit? All right. And so there's pickings, as in, you know, in my bio, when, I, when Ralph Klein was in power here, I was doing my graduate work at the University of Texas. And we had a Canadian club on campus in around Austin, Texas. And it was full of Canadians, okay? And a lot of them were, were of course, not just graduate students at the time, but there were teachers and nurses and people that really, really wanted to stay in Canada, but they couldn't, okay? There were no jobs there. And I was certainly part of that too. My first academic job was not in Canada. And as soon as they sort of turned on the taps again and then in the early 2000s, that's when I came back to, to Canada. But certainly, um, this could be going on again. What's going to, uh, I'll talk about that more in a second again. Uh, what, are, what else can we do? Wait for energy prices to rebound as they did during the Klein years and then wait for more Ralph bucks to come rolling in. You remember your $400 check back in, what was it, 2003 or something? 2002, was it? Your $400 check? You don't remember that? You do remember that, yeah. I mean, what, a, yeah, anyway, I won't, buy me a beer and I'll tell you what I really think um, about that. Um, but here's, here's what happened in the Klein years too. I mean, look at the price of oil, rebounded, big time. Uh, this, is really, this is what really saved Ralph, okay, in a lot of ways. And if we kind of go, go forward one slide, here are the Klein years again, and let me put a couple circles there. Again, it's kind of a little bit messy, but if you can see the yellow line there, that's, that's sort of, this is the same slide I showed before, but kind of just sort of condensed into the Ralph Klein years. And if you look at the, the, uh, the yellow line there in the two circles, it's basically the same level, a little bit lower back in 2000. Ralph was uh, premier till what, end of 2006? I have five minutes? Oh, I thought it was my score out of 10, five, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, yeah, I should be able to do this. Uh, this really, I mean, everybody thinks Ralph was the sort of the, the cuts happened, and they did happen, they happened across the, uh, the countries you can see from here, right? But they also rebounded in Alberta pretty healthy, and that's a lot, it's largely because of this increase in the price of oil. So Ralph kind of backed off, the budget was balanced, and of course, big fanfare, and then the Ralph bucks came, and everybody was good, and you know, et cetera. Um, what else can we do? Well, here's, here's one thing we I'll, I'll talk about this more in a second here in the five, four and a half minutes I have left now. Uh, we can enhance government revenues beyond natural resource revenues to pay for these government services. This is really an unpopular thing. This is code word for sales tax, provincial sales tax, okay? And me and some, uh, Trevor Harrison is one of my co-authors. He's also from the University of Lethbridge. He's talked here several times. Uh, we just wrote something with Bob Askup at the University of Alberta on this. I'll talk about that in a second again. Uh, basically recommending a sales tax. Okay, but basically, if you can sort of see this thing here, the, the, the line below zero there the, um, shows that um, there was um, never been a balanced budget in Alberta all the way from 1986 to present if we extract natural resource revenues out of the, the uh, revenue side. Never. <laughs> We've never balanced the budget, let alone had a surplus. Okay, and in fact, if you, in our report, we, we take those numbers all the way back to 1966. So in my 
little shorter than my lifetime, we've never had a balanced budget in Alberta when we strip out natural resource revenues. We depend too much on natural resource revenues. And even the Parliamentary Budget Office questions these things, questions Alberta's government's fiscal strategy in all of this. And, ha and a lot of that has to do with the, the revenue side. If you take a, a good look at the revenue side, our revenue per capita is really low in this province. Okay. It's really low, okay? And a lot of that is because we don't have a sales tax in place. And we depend on these natural resource revenues to drag us out of all our problems. And if those don't come back, we're in big trouble. Uh, what we can do, we can hope the UCB backs off its attack on the public sector in its next budget. Uh, of course, this uh, came out the last few days, uh, the slipping popularity. I think there's been three polls released or something in the last few days. And they all basically say the same thing about the, the, the popularity for the UCP really going down. So maybe, Kenny, being a political animal, might back off a bit. I don't know. I don't know the man. Uh, who knows? Uh, but again, it's his approval uh, ratings have plummeted in the wake of these Alberta budget cuts. People didn't vote for this, right? <laughs> so here's some takeaway messages. There's many inappropriate comparisons of public sector earnings using, used by the Blue Ribbon Panel and then again by the UCP. I mean, this was just so predictable what was going to happen. It just, it just, you, know, you didn't even have to pick up the newspaper and read the budget because you knew what it was going to say, right? Uh, pretty much. So. Um, uh, second bullet, we need to take into consideration Alberta's higher inflation rate and the higher private sector earnings. Those are important, right? Uh, again, people, you know, it's going to be the private sector in Alberta that sucks away these public sector employees if their wages are cut too much, okay? Uh, and that's where the sort of things are. It's not gonna, they're not going to change provinces. And so Alberta's just a high-wage place. We have been for a lot of years. We've exceeded the national average in terms of average earnings, weekly earnings for years now, of course. And we want to, you know, and public, I mean, uh, that rising tide should lift the public sector workers as well as, as the private sector workers. Uh, presumably. Uh, third point, the public sector size and level of compensation doesn't seem out of whack compared to any of the other uh, jurisdictions, at least in my opinion. Uh, if you start comparing to like, you know, New Brunswick or something, yeah, they'd, we'd be really out of whack. I mean, it's a much different kind of uh, case in uh, situation in those uh, provinces, smaller provinces. Uh, wages are somewhat higher than in the private sector. Again, my best guess is about 3.7%. Uh, Alberta's entering a new normal, I call it, and resource revenues cannot be counted on. And a lot of firms right now are really working hard to get that stuff out of the ground before it becomes worthless. And it's, you know, I think in my lifetime it will become worthless. worthless. What's the implications of all this? Any cuts must be done to avoid compromising public services. Uh, some of the people I talked to at the university that were there in the mid-1990s when some of the cuts came said, you know, I guess they didn't notice any difference amongst faculty. Their job didn't change at all. In fact, in some ways their jobs probably became easier because, the, you know, the fewer kind of administrators you have in any organization, and I'm not pointing the finger at the university, uh, the fewer administrators you have, probably the less paperwork you have, and that gets filtered down to the faculty level, to students, you name it. And certainly, they, uh, a lot of people I knew that were in there in the 1990s thought the cuts that happened were not a bad thing in terms of their job function. Um, I didn't mention this, but cuts are going to tend to penalize those at the top of the pay scale. Um, it's sort of a compressed income, you know, wage, uh, earnings distribution in the, in the public sector. Those at the bottom and in the middle kind of do pretty well. Uh, you know, compared to uh, their comparators in the private sector, those at the top uh, don't do too well, right? People, a lot of us presumably could go into the private sector and make a lot more money. <coughs> uh, a new brain drain, and out of the mid-1990s, and again, uh, I don't think oil prices are going to save us this time, and at this, this is a real possibility. What's different between now and the 1990s is that other jurisdictions aren't cutting back on their public sector in Canada like they were in the 1990s, okay? And so... Public sector workers here have better options within Canada, and most Canadians don't want to leave the country, especially now going south, I suspect. That's not a real attractive option 
for a lot of Canadians. Okay. Uh, uh, a ripple effects throughout the Alberta economy. We have to think about overall employment, tax revenues, economic growth. I'm a public servant, but I pay taxes, right? This is kind of an interesting thought exercise. How much do I actually cost the taxpayer once you net out my taxes? It's a little bit less than what I'm being paid, right? Whatever my tax, marginal tax rate is, blah, blah, blah. We could figure that one out, okay? So uh, certainly economic growth. And again, I think the NDP government did a, did a reasonable job in all this. I, I can quibble about a few things. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that later. But uh, by and large, I think they did the right thing by stimulating the economy at the time, exactly the time it needed to be stimulated. Uh, and then lastly, the province is downloading budget cuts to taxpayers and to municipalities. Here's the thing too, right? You didn't vote for this. You're paying more to send your kids to school on the bus, right? Uh, your, your, your income tax, uh, your tax rates aren't being indexed. Uh, your marginal tax rates in Alberta anymore, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All this stuff is going to be downloaded to us. It's going to be downloaded to the municipalities, too. It already is. Okay? So don't swallow this nonsense that, uh, you know, that uh, your taxes are, are being, are, you know, or, or things are all, all okay and nothing's changing. One minute? Okay. And, oh, just for a, you know, complete self, shameless self-promotion here. If you want to read more about this, these two papers were released by opposite ends of the political spectrum, I guess, probably in... Uh, in October, both of these I did. Uh, what, the one on the left is from the Parkland Institute. You can just go to parklandinstitute.org, I think, and find it there. And the other one's the School of Public Policy at UC. That's the more technical paper. But then in terms of the Blue Ribbon Panel Report, this is the report I did with uh, Trevor Harrison, who's in the Sociology Department at U of L, and Bob Askup at U of A. Uh, we tried to get this report out at the same time as the Blue Ribbon Panel Report, without, uh, and we we're about a, a week late. Part of that is because we had to change tenses. <laughs> but anyway, um, this will give you a better idea about what we think about sort of the, the bigger, the broader budget. And I think I'm done. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.